Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics in sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And uh, the MLB awards have officially been fully given out, so we can now get into all of them and talk about all of them and do our bold predictions, which obviously must be concluded with the awards because part of our bold predictions for every sport includes who wins the major awards. And uh, let me tell you, after my poor outing in the NFL bull predictions midseason update in the last episode, I really hope these were good uh, because if they're not, I'm just getting fucking slammed two episodes in a row. Uh, And I'm not sure like my my ego can take that. So I really hope I did well because I do not remember any of my bull predictions. I did not remember any until I just opened it up and I opened it and was like, ah. Some of these are really great, and some of these are just fucking bad. Yeah, I am but nervous. We will see. Uh, all right, so let's let's start with the awards part, uh, and let's start with manager of the year, and we'll work our way up to what matters more. Um, all right, I started with the awards for the NFL. So, Corey, why don't you start with the awards for the MLB for MLB? Sure. Um, are we doing? Uh, MVP first, obviously. AL, no, no, no. We're going to conclude with MVP. So give me, hit me with manager of the year Got it. first. That's what you meant. Yeah. Uh, AL, I had Mr. Aaron Boone. Right on. Uh, yeah, I had Dusty Baker of the Astros. Um, now, Aaron Boone did not finish top seven as the Yankees ended up having a pretty rough year. Dusty Baker did have a pretty good showing. He got two first place votes and 33 points to finish third in this category. But the first place award went to back to back winner Kevin Cash of the Tampa Bay Rays, who had 19 first place votes. And then second was Scott Cervais. And this is actually kind of an interesting um, result of this award, because if you ask me which team overperformed, which I think usually counts as part of the manager of the year's um, uh, resume. It it pretty much is the the award. Yeah, especially the past few years, it's been that award, which team overperforms the most. It wouldn't have been the Rays. I would not have picked the Rays as a team that like exceeded an expectation. They hit 100 wins on the money, which is a very good season, but happens very regularly now. Um, And, you know, they did it in a tough division of course, but uh, that's about what was expected. Uh, whereas the Mariners, while they didn't make the playoffs, finished barely outside the playoff picture, winning 90 fucking games. And it's kind of a surprise Scott Cervais didn't get more love for this. I would have voted for Cervais. I completely understand why people voted for Cash. Um, sure. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Rays still did so fucking much with just essentially very, very little. They had such a young team. They had just so much turnover with their pitchers, which they always do. But at the end of the day, I can't keep saying at the end of the day. At the end of the day, he did a great job at managing all of those things and just performed significantly better than the Mariners did. Hitting that, you know, triple digit win total 
making the playoffs, winning the division. He dominated, you know, considering what he had. And the Mariners were really great at coming back around at the end of the season and, and putting a, a really good season together overall, but nowhere near the ceiling or the, the peak that the Rays did. Yeah, I would also say it's I, – I, I get the point. Like you said, the Rays often go through pitchers, and that requires a lot of management experience, talent, in order to confidently be able to switch through your pitchers with great frequency and having success very regularly. But at the same time, especially with how young the Mariners are as a team, like it's very difficult to do that with such a young team. You know, like the Mariners could have been as young as they are and been had much more of a season akin to the Tigers than what they ended up putting forward. And the Tiger season is not bad at all. The Tiger season was a very successful season, as we made a little bit of mention of last episode. But, you know, the Mariners really exceeded expectations. Um, but regardless, we spent a lot of time on this one. Um, neither of us got this one right. National League Manager of the Year. Who do you got? Hey, Stingler. You had fight. tingles. Uh, I, I had. I got yeah, tingles. You, yeah, your your guy got shit canned. Uh, <laughs> I had Dave Roberts, who also did not win this award, um, and also, ah, oh, no, he finished fifth. He got he got he got zero first place votes, but a couple down ballots, I guess, because he got six points vote points. Um, yeah, this went to Gabe Kapler, which was obvious. Um, speaking yeah. of this being the overperformers award the Giants who were not supposed to like make the playoffs by several people's estimations won 107 games and won their division. And he somehow did not get a unanimous decision. They gave one to Milwaukee, which I don't agree with whatsoever. And they gave one to Mike Schilt who was fired and hired by the team who I picked to have manager of the year, uh, who fired their coach. Um, I don't know who those two people, who those two voters were, but they should probably not have a vote anymore. Um, the Mike Schultz one, maybe if like all you fucking care about is the 17 game win streak. <laughs> sure. I, I fucking, I fucking guess. I, I mean, I don't know what else you'd pick. Like they had a great second half. Don't get me wrong, but like that was a wildly yeah. inconsistent team. I mean, they, they pulled it together and I know I'd, you'd say the same about the Mariners that I just defended, but yeah, it's a weird pick. The Brewers one is also interesting. Uh, I mean, Craig council is a good manager for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this felt like, why would you bother voting for anybody other than Gabe Kapler? But yeah, so, uh, Neither one of us. Honestly, got the Schilt one, I can totally see just being a vote in protest because he got fired after having a good season. Well, no, because it couldn't be that because they do these things at the end of the regular season, and Schilt got fired after uh, the postseason had started, and votes are turned in before the postseason starts. Okay, never mind. Which is what makes Unless it especially it beforehand, right? Because like honestly, it would make for a better story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it didn't. Oh, well. Um, all right. So that's manager of the year. Uh, who did you have for American League Rookie of the Year? Uh, I don't know if we knew that Randy Rosarena was eligible for this award. 
I award. absolutely did not know. Uh, looking back, it's like, how the fuck did we not even consider talking about him? Because I don't remember bringing him up whatsoever. If anyone wants to double check our, our work here, go right ahead. Nobody will. I would have picked him hands down because it just seems so obvious. I went with Jared Kellenick, um, who ended up putting together an okay rookie season. But boy, he was fucking god-awful for the majority of his time in Major League Baseball this year. So he absolutely did not win the award. Yeah. No, he had a rough go of things. Um, Are you going to hate me? Because I just did the same thing I did when we did these last time. And I started reading my 2020 bull prediction instead of my 2021. Which is exactly what I did last time. So I had for American League Rookie of the Year, I also had Aaron Boone. And for a National League Manager of the Year, I also had Jay Stingler. So Cord and I had the same guys for both those awards, and neither of us got them right. Um, we both got tingled. All right. We both got tingled. Uh, all right. So we're doing American League Rookie of the Year, right? Yeah. All right. So for American Mariners League Rookie, are in the American League. Uh, yeah, American League Rookie of the Year. I had Wander Franco who did finish third. So I will give myself mild credit for that. He received two first place votes. And was very Uh, much the best rookie if he had played through the whole season. Like he dominated once he got up, but it just so happens, you know. Right. It it really, you know, part of it comes down to play time. You know, uh, Randy Rosarina tops Franco in uh, OPS plus. If we're just going with out of glance stuff by two points, 131 to Franco's 129, uh, but you really see it when you look at uh, uh, games as Randy Rosarena played in 141 games to Wanda Franco's 70. So quite literally more than double the playing time this season, which is going to factor in. Um, the man who finished between the two of them was uh, Astros standout rookie pitcher uh, Luis Garcia, who finished the season with 2.6 war, which is not earth shattering, but uh, in 20, sorry, 30 games. Are we not pitched, doing phrasing, by the way? I just have to butt in. The man we're not doing, we're not doing between phrasing. the two of them. We're not doing phrasing. No, we're letting that one just sit there. Um, uh, he had 155.1 innings pitched to the tune of a 3.48 ERA and amassed 167 strikeouts, which is very nice, a little tidy rookie season. So just wanted to shout out him. Um, nothing else really stand out-ish here. We had talked about uh, Adelis Garcia at one point as to whether or not he would get votes for this award. He did finish fourth. He actually got more first place votes than Garcia and Franco, but I guess didn't have as much down ballot success. Um, baseball reference does not show you the entirety of the voting. It just shows you first place votes and then uh, like vote percents and stuff like that. So not entirely sure where the rest of his votes went off to, but not to him apparently. Uh, Emmanuel Clase, who is that guy with the wild two-seamer in Cleveland, finished fifth. Um, and, you know, there's people we know. Toronto had Alec Manoa finish eighth. There's other people there. Uh, all right. Who did you have, Corwin, for National League Rookie of the Year? I went kind of crazy with it and went uh, Cabrian Hayes. Uh, he was not a finalist. He did not receive any votes. Yeah, I forgot how similar ours were because I also had Cabrian Hayes. Uh, and yeah, yeah, he was yeah. hurt a lot of the season. 
He still played in, huh? Keep going. So say he still played in a significant amount of the year. He he played in ninety six games, but he did not play an entire season. And then the games in which he did play in weren't spectacular, probably in part because of being injured in the middle of his year. So he had an eighty seven OPS plus, which is not fantastic. His slugging was nearly non existent. He amassed, jeez, uh, twenty eight extra base hits over the course of the entire season. Um, Defensively, he put on a show, and that's really encouraging because he showed the ability to have some offense. So, you know, you got to be looking forward to him next year. But, yeah, not not spectacular. Yep, I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm honestly really surprised uh, Trevor Rogers did not win rookie of the year. Um, just looking at this table, he had what I would consider a – Outside of win-loss, which is, for the most part, outside of their control, had a fucking dominant rookie season, 2.64 ERA, 1.15 whip, 133 innings pitched with 157 strikeouts, 46 walks. That's a dominant season, and Jonathan India had a, a pretty good season. Yeah, so Jonathan India ended up winning the award, and I, if you told me he won... Which I, when I saw he won, I guess I should say, I was not horribly surprised. When I saw the voting, I was very surprised. Yeah. The Incredible voting, yeah. I mean, it, it really it doesn't even make any sense if, if we're being honest here. So I found the uh, like I a full breakdown. Is a very a very good defensive player, but like that's a dominant pitching line from Trevor Rogers, who was their best pitcher throughout the entire season. Miami. Right. I just don't um, get it. And they're close enough in the war column. Like Trevor Rogers had 3.3 this season. Jonathan India had 3.9. Like obviously that means Jonathan India had based on today's current war calculations, a in, in its entirety, a better season, but we're talking about a difference that was so minimal. You might give a little bit of credence to the, I don't know how you feel about these seasons, what they mean to the teams, kind of some of those less tangible things. And that I think once you hit those small enough differences in the production numbers, you can use as like little tiebreaker things. And like you said, Trevor Rogers was a huge reason that the Marlins season was as successful as it was, even though it wasn't a successful season. Like he is a guy giving promise to the future of the Marlins. Like he had a, he had a 2.64 ERA in 133 innings this season. That's wild. Like that's wild. Whereas having a 113 OPS plus as a rookie second baseman is not like I, like that's good. It's not like wild though. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a 158 ERA plus in my eyes will outweigh the 113 OPS plus every single time. And I know that by war yeah. because, like you said, of, of India's defense and stuff like that, it, it'll it'll bolster it. But it, for me, not nearly enough to outweigh that impact. Right. Like he had a positive DWAR, a point, a positive point three DWAR which is difficult to do, don't get me wrong. But, again, I, I just don't think that is 
enough to outweigh such a significant difference in dominance? Uh, yeah, so... He was an all-star. Yo, funny enough, the only guy that voted for Trevor Rogers over Jonathan India was one of the Cincinnati voters. No kidding. That's Yeah, that's funny. Dan Shimborski, although Dan Shimborski is a fan graphs writer. He's very good at his job. Um, yeah, so Jonathan India got 29 first place votes. Trevor Rogers won. Jonathan India, Jonathan India got one second place votes. Trevor Rogers got 26 of them, uh, which means a lot of people actually voted for him third. He got, um, well, not a lot. He got three third, sec, third place <laughs> votes, um, whereas a portion of his should have been second place votes went to Dylan Carlson of the Cardinals. And boy, howdy, why are you voting for Dylan Carlson? He had a good season, but like, I don't, I don't know. That's weird to me. Um, so yeah, we both had Cabrian Hayes. We were both wrong. Um, you want to know the voting for Randy Rosarena? To mention it. Um, uh, 83% vote share. He had 22 first place, four second place, two third place. Oh yeah. So Adelise Garcia, that's what I want to look at. Who the fuck voted for Adelise Garcia over Randy Rosarena? Three people did. Well, let's see. Um, Garcia. Uh, Peter Schmuck of Baltimore voted for Garcia. Wow. A schmuck. Who would have Chris, Chris Assenheimer voted for Garcia out of Cleveland. And Vahi Gregorian voted for Garcia out of uh, Kansas City. Oh, sorry. That's L. Garcia. A. Garcia. Um. So Kevin Sherrington and Stefan Stefanski. Sorry, no, Stefan Stevenson. Uh, both voted. Oh, they're both out of Texas. Okay, so one guy out of Baltimore and two guys out of Texas. That that yeah, makes sense, okay. the Texas guys. But yeah, so that's that's what ends up being funny is that Adelise Garcia got three first-place votes, one second-place votes, and nine third-place votes, whereas the other guys, uh, Luis Garcia and Wander Franco, finished with way more second-place votes, which outweighed the third-place votes. All right, anyway, we're, I'm, I'm, this is the weeds. Uh, Cy Young, who'd you have for the AL Cy Young? I had uh, Mr. Garrett Cole. You know, I, I forgot how many of these we picked the same fucking guy for. God damn. Because yeah. uh, I also had Garrett Cole, who did finish second, so Corden and I are right there. Although, again, a very surprising split um, as Robbie Ray really ran the fuck away with this award. Uh, 29 first place votes and one second place vote. Garrett Cole, the exact opposite, one first place votes, vote 29 second place votes. Of everyone else finishing in a distant, you know, third through whatever, uh, which I would not have expected. No, uh, I definitely would not have either. Um, I mean, I definitely would have voted for Robbie Ray. And, and, you know, when you want to vote for that guy, it's hard to see how, so like how it's a big deal that somebody else wouldn't. But at the same time, it's like, Garrett Cole's got the name, you know, but Robbie Ray has all the stats. Yeah, Robbie Ray. ERA, whip, strikeouts, innings pitched, uh, ERA plus, game started, war. Garrett Cole had more wins, sure, but um, Robbie Ray led the AL in many, many categories. Yeah. Yeah. 
Garrett Cole led the American League in wins. That was about it. Uh, I know, obviously, I follow a lot of Yankees fans, um, and they wanted Garrett Cole to get this. I don't really care. Um, Robert had a great season. Garrett Cole is still the better pitcher, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I again, I am surprised to see it be this tight. Not again, not saying Robbie Ray was undeserving of the ultimate win. It's just interesting seeing so much uniformity out of the the voting pool, especially when it comes to looking at things beyond just. I guess Robbie Ray did have the better ERA, so you can use an old man stat there. Um, and it should be mentioned he had the, he had more innings than anybody else that got votes, and that. Matters a lot mm-hmm. for older people, so sure, sure. Uh, National League Cy Young. Uh, I had you, Darvish. Uh, I had Jacob Degrom, and both of our guys got hurt. Yeah, I'm trying to find this split for you, Darvish, and boy, it's really giving me an issue on this website. Um, but. Yeah. Uh, Regardless, you Darvish had an excellent start to the season. Did not finish as such. Um, uh, same thing with Jake yeah. McGrom. Yeah. Great start to the yeah. season. Did not finish Arguably the season. Arguably one of the best starts to start the season of all time and did not finish the season. No. I honestly, uh, I, I honestly could have voted for Jacob DeGrom if he stayed in just a handful of games more. Like, ugh. I know. How many games total did he pitch? Uh, I'm going to say under 15. That's my guess. It up. He had not under 15. That was my guess, yeah. He had 15 games. Really? Yeah. That is not under 15, though, so I am wrong. <laughs> nope, you are very wrong, you son of a bitch. I'm not you very wrong, 72. all right? Fuck you. you I'm a little wrong. completely wrong. I'm mildly wrong. Anyway, uh, he uh, had 92 innings pitched with a 1.08 ERA, 40 hits, 11 walks, 146 strikeouts, one hit by pitch, a 373 ERA, a 1.24 whip, 14.3 strikeouts per nine, just fucking stupid numbers, a 0.5 whip. It should be, I think it should be noted also that Jacob deGrom did receive uh, a top 10 Cy Young finish this season uh, because he got a single fifth place vote from uh, Zach Buchanan from The Athletic out of Arizona. So shout outs to you, Zach, for doing the right thing. I think I personally would have put him like third or fourth. But regardless, this ended up actually being a mildly contentious uh, win on the interwebs. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. So the man who won was Corbin Burns. Uh, really not by a lot, by 10 points. He and Zach Wheeler finished with the exact same number of first place votes with 12. Burns had the edge on second place votes. He got 14 to Wheeler's nine. Uh, and then the difference between the third and fourth place votes just wasn't significant enough for someone. Put, hold on. Someone voted Zach Wheeler fifth. Who gave Zach Wheeler a fifth place vote? You bitch. Charlie Goldsmith out of Cincinnati. Fuck you, Charlie. That didn't make any sense. Charlie, Charlie Goldsmith put Brandon Woodruff over Zach Wheeler. What are you smoking? I mean, look, 
Brandon Woodruff had an excellent season. Zach Wheeler had a truly outstanding season. I don't know. It's like there's five guys here, six guys even, that had a truly incredible season. Uh, You're like truly picking hairs between all of them. So let's get five guys finished with above, or sorry, six guys that finished with above five war. Right. So let's get into a little bit um, where where the contention is here. So first off, Zach Wheeler finished the season with two entire more pitching war than Corbin Burns did, according to baseball reference, 7.6 of 5.6. And part of that comes on the back of the innings. So Zach Wheeler threw 213.1 innings, which led all of baseball this season, whereas Corbin Burns threw 167 innings this season. Um, because of the greater amount of innings, Zach Wheeler also amassed more strikeouts, 247, which led all, which led the National League, and also faced the most batters in all of baseball with 849, which tracks if you threw the most innings. Um, Corbin Burns, however, did in his own right lead in a lot of the rate stats. He led in ERA of 2.43, which led all of baseball. He also led in all of baseball in uh, ERA plus, FIP home runs per nine, strikeouts per nine, and strikeout-to-walk ratio. So the difference in innings, it can be tough at this point, I think, to judge the difference in innings because of how careful we are about pitch count and how managers decide to use their bullpens because the uniform concept of my starter throws seven innings, no matter what, is gone. But some teams do still operate under the, oh, that guy's their ace. We're going to give him a ton of leeway on pitch count and usage and multiple X times through the order. And we'll let that guy throw more innings. They'll let him. They will not, not that he, he can or can't. They'll let him. Whereas, and that's very much of the case with Joe Girardi and the Phillies. Whereas that's not really the case in, in Milwaukee. They have a very good bullpen in Milwaukee and they like to use it. And that meant that they just weren't going to let Burns or any of their starters really get horribly too deep into games, especially when you have guys like Josh Hader waiting in in the wings to come into a game and do what he does, especially since a guy like Josh Hader throws multiple innings at your bullpen. And uh, so I, I get the the criticism of Zach Wheeler threw more innings because that's valid. It still comes down to what you did and Zach Wheeler did more of it. But I also understand the point of what you do when you're on the field has merit and matters just as much in certain people's eyes. And what happened on the field was Corbin Burns was more efficient and, and better, I guess. I don't know. Who would you vote between these two? Who would you vote for? Uh, I personally was a Corbin Burns. I would have leaned towards Corbin Burns um, just because Again, I kind of agree with the idea of just because you had the opportunity to build up your stats doesn't mean your stats themselves are, you know, more worthy of getting that vote. I think Corbin Burns just was a certain level of dominance throughout the entire season when he was pitching that kind of earned it in my book. Um, over Zach Wheeler, not to diminish anything Zach Wheeler did, but Corbin Burns was just, he was just clearly on another level throughout the entire season. 
it's also very interesting because Corbin Burns also finished higher than Zach Wheeler in MVP voting, which is funny. Um, which was so the comment I wanted to make. Neither the AL or the NL had a pitcher finish above 15th in MVP voting. Garrett Cole and Robbie Ray finished 15th in the AL. Corbin Burns finished fifth. He finished fifth. He finished 15th in the NL with uh, Zach Wheeler at 19, which just seems crazy that they would both be so, so low. But I digress. Continue with your point. Um, I'm not sure I really have one. Oh, man, I would hate to have this vote, I think is the real problem. I would really hate to have this vote. Uh, fuck. Because like, I, and clearly, it it this is a difficult one to decide on. The voting between these dudes came yeah. down to the the down ballot votes. Like, it, it, oh, man, yeah. The difference between these two winning awards was the fact that two guys voted for like Walker Bueller in second place instead of uh, Zach Wheeler. This this is why you cannot throw away your votes. Who did the two guys who voted for Bueller? Uh, oh man, that's fucking hilarious. Um, one of those, so one of them is Todd Zaletsky from MLB.com out of Philly who voted for Walker Bueller in second, but he had voted for Zach Wheeler f- for first, so that's that's fine. Oh my god, and so did the other guy, Dennis Lynn from the Athletic out of San Diego, also voted for Wheeler first, voted for Bueller second. And so there are your two guys who voted Bueller second, but they both voted Wheeler first. That's funny. And neither, yeah, neither of them had Burns second. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. Now I'm looking at the Scherzer guys, and like a couple guys had. So one guy, Mark Zuckerman, had Scherzer, Wheeler, Burns, and then Katie Wu had Scherzer, Burns, Wheeler. And that's also very interesting. Why putting sure that doesn't matter. I'm, I'm thinking about too much. Uh, I'd go Zach Wheeler. I don't really have a good reason. I've, 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 I've I'm sure. throwing a dart at this point. All right. Uh, American League MVP. Who do you got? Corbin? I think I can hear you. Oh, there you are. You're back. All right, American American League MVP. Who'd you have at the beginning of the season? I had Mr. Shohai Otani-san. Big fly Otani-san. Yeah, that one How'd looks that go, Josh? That looks pretty How'd fucking that good. Go? Oh, unanimous fun. MVP? Goddamn right he was. Yeah, it looks Woo! pretty good. It looks pretty, pretty good. Look at the big brain on Brad. Okay, I'm done gloating. Uh, I hope so. Um, yeah, yeah. I vote. I yes, I had. That means this is ugly. <laughs> no, I had Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge finished fourth. Like that's okay. pretty fair. Yeah. Like you yeah, know, I, you can't fair. feel bad about that. Uh, but yeah, Otani ran. voted for Jared Kellenick, Brian Hayes, you Darvish. Like well, there was a lot of them where we were very off. Oh yeah, we uh, both voted for a guy who got fired to win Manager of the Year. To be fair, he deserved that, uh, but it looked like he yes. it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, so Shohei Otani ran away with this. He had the most war in MLB this season. He had 9.1 go fuck yourself. Um, 
he had a very good pitching line. He had a very good batting line. We talked about it a lot this season. Don't need to get too into it. The fact that second place was not unanimous is also fucking hilarious because Salvador Perez got a second place vote for MVP. Which I saw that when it came out and audibly left. That is absolute bullshit. Oh my God. That is absolute bullshit. Ridiculous. Truly fucking ridiculous. Especially since I believe, and I'm going to double check myself, but I believe that vote came from the, yep, Lynn Worthy out of Kansas City. That came from the Kansas City voter who just had to put <laughs> Sally Perez fucking second for no reason. Because, yes, I understand he had 48 home runs and 121 RBIs. Lick my balls. That does not mean he deserves that award or that 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 vote. It, obviously, at the end of the day, it does not matter. Um, that is, but it is ridiculous. Essential, just throwing that shit away. Oh yeah. Just... But hey, yeah. it led us to have Shohei Otani finishing with 420 votes, and Vladimir Guerrero with 269. So, yeah. And Mar- then Marcus Semyon really cleaned up in the third place spot. Got 24 of the available third place votes, and then Aaron Judge actually received. Um, Three third-place votes. Carlos Correa, who finished after him with more war, received no first-place votes, but re- third-place votes, but received a ton of fourth-place votes, which is uh, not good enough for him to, to get past all good old Aaron Judge in the uh, future vote teammates? standings or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so a lot of Toronto Blue Jays here, a whole bunch of them. They, uh, they were good this season. Not as a team, but those guys were good. Look my balls, Toronto. Uh, my yeah, tough to. I don't feel bad about my judge pick. I think it still looks good in retrospect. National League MVP, mm-hmm. who'd you have? Uh, National League MVP, I had Mr. Juan Soto. Just a great pick. <laughs> yeah, great pick. Uh, I had Francisco Lindor, who did not show up for me in this award. Um, uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't make it onto a single ballot. It, yeah, not great. So Bryce Harper ended up taking. This was also a, a, like a it had a really tough top three between yeah. Harper, Soto, and Tatis. Tatis very much so on the outside looking in because of his injury time. Um, so it really sucks. came down to. I know if he had played a full season, then he probably would be would have had a, a better case, but. Um, you know, really coming down to Harper versus Soto here. And it's a, a fun difference between the two because uh, Soto more total war than Harper, 7.1 to 5.9. Way more walks and a much higher on base percent. But Harper had a much higher slugging and the better total OPS with, um, I think, I think Juan Soto collecting some extra war from his defense. Um and again, this is really an instance where there probably isn't a bad choice on who you're going to pick for this. But actually, not but. And this ended up reflecting that to a large extent. This was relatively close for a first place position, which we didn't get out of some of the others. Um, I don't know. Who, would you have voted for Soto or would you have voted for Harper? Um I just want to say Fernando Tatis, who didn't cool off at the end of the season, would have had my vote, uh, even with some missed injury time. But when he did come back, he just wasn't the same. Um, I think I would have voted for Soto. 
Um, but it's really hard to argue against um, Bryce Harper. I mean, he only beat out Soto by six home runs, 35 to 29. Um, but, oh, my God, he just hit a billion fucking doubles. Juan Soto hit 20 doubles and, by all means, is a very fast player. Uh, Bryce Harper hit 42, yeah. which is why – Harper has a 615 slugging and Soto has a 534. Both extremely good slugging percentages. Um, 615 is just outrageous. Out, absolutely outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. 10, his uh, 1044 OPS was the highest in baseball this season. Mm-hmm. It's very, is one, so is therefore his 179 OPS plus was the highest in baseball this season. That's very, very fucking good. Yeah. But 145 walks also led Major League Baseball. So, well, he can walk right into second fucking place in this award category. He also led all of the National League into grounding into double plays. So, yeah. Ah, such trivialities do not matter in life. Uh, All right. Let's get into our. I'm surprised it's not Hosmer. I just want to say it. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. I'm not surprised because Hosmer got way less playing time at the end of the season. Um, Let's get into actual bold predictions. Uh, You went first for awards. Do you want to go first for this as well? Yeah, so I could gloat just a little bit longer. Um, Shohei Otani is a finalist for the Cy Young Award, finishes winning the AL MVP and Silver Slugger. I was so fucking close. Um, Shohei Otani did not get any Cy Young votes in the American League, but otherwise would absolutely have knocked this one out of the park. Um, Did he win Silver Slugger? Was he eligible for a Silver Slugger? Uh, for DH, um, I'm not sure. Hold on. He did. Yes, he was a silver slugger. Fuck yeah. Okay. Um, so I got like 66% of this one correct. Um, but that's still not correct. So yeah, go ahead, Josh. What do you have? Um, I had this 50, 50% correct. I had that Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyone each pitch over 120 innings. Um, Jameson Tyone did, he pitched 144 and I think he, him and Kluber were, were pretty even on the, can they do this? But Tyone hadn't pitched an entire season missing, um, most of 2019 and then all of 2020, whereas Corey Kluber at least threw one inning in 2020. Uh, but Klubes' injury held him back to only 80 innings, coming up 40 innings shy of actually doing this. So not correct. Close, but not correct. There it is. My number two, the Dodgers and Padres both win 100 games. Uh, the Dodgers won 106 games. And there was another team that won 100 games in the National League West. Uh, but that was not the Padres who finished with a paltry 79. So. I forgot the number was fucking below 80. That blows my mind. Yeah. Oh my God. They had a truly disgusting end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, all right. My next one also is so, so close, but not right. Uh, no batter hits over 45 home runs. My point with this was that we perhaps take the home run number of, you know, the, those forties for granted. Uh, this actually was kind of close. Only four batters did it. Um, but you know, someone did, so doesn't count, but, uh, Salvador Perez and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Sorry. 
45. Got it. So Salvi Perez and Vlad Guerrero Jr. both hit 48. Shohei Otani had 46. Marcus Semien had 45. And then Tatis had 42. So four players Thank ended up actually hitting. Tatis in there. I got you. Four players had 45 or more. So the, I, I will give myself credit, though. This was a bold yeah. prediction that came pretty close. Um, it was, yeah. But no, no dice. What do you got? Five home runs, man. Five home runs over three different guys. That's all you needed. Darn you, fly balls that went. <laughs> uh, my next is each of the top five starting pitchers on the Padres finish with a sub for ERA. They didn't. They just didn't even come close. Um, I can pull up the Padres pitching real quick because I forgot to before we started because I'm bad. I'm sorry. You know, we do this every year and we suck. Oh, God damn it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I just fucked myself. Um, Their pitchers finished with ERAs of uh, Joe Musgrove. That's batting. Why am I stupid? Joe Musgrove finished with a 3.7. Hugh Darvish finished with a 3.9. Blake Snell finished. These can't be right. Are they really? What? Did I get this right? Each of the top five starting. Oh, no. I was reading. What the fuck? Oh, I was reading FIP. I'm so stupid. Dude, Joe yeah, Musgrove had a 3.1. One guy had a sub I know. for ERA. I, I don't know how you fucked yeah. up this bad. I was reading FIP. I was reading FIP. Like it's your first time on Earth, man. 378. I was really surprised. Yeah, no, one guy did. The rest were fucking atrocious. Yeah. Nobody was under a 4.2 ERA, except for Joe Musgrove. It was ugly. It was awful. Oh. Uh, my next oh my one God. is nice, nice and quick. Uh, wrong. Uh, Jack Leiter makes his MLB debut for the Pirates this fall after being drafted first overall. He did not. The Pirates did not take him. He went second to the Rangers. He did not get called up right away. Uh, this one's wrong. Yeah. Uh, my next one, Juan Soto finishes the season with an on-base percentage above 500. The first person since Barry Bonds in 2004 to do so. Uh, Juan Soto led all of baseball in on base percentage, but with a four sixty-five, uh, which is close. To be fair, and not like close, 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 but very, very fucking high. I'll put it that way. You're still leading all of Major League Baseball, <laughs> right? Right. It's as close as you could get given the context. Um, I didn't realize Harper had second, finished second on on base percentage. That's crazy. I read a really good fucking year. Um, yeah. All right, my next one also did not come true. Tim Anderson has a 30-30 season. That is most typically referred to as home runs and uh, stolen bases, and he had 17 home runs and 20 – sorry, not, uh, I lost 18 stolen bases. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you put those two things together, you get 35. That's not enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he only attempted 25 steals. So uh, no shot. No. no, it's a real shame too. I would that would have been very fun, but no dice. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my next one, uh, very quick as well. Cabrian Hayes is an All Star third baseman. Uh, Cabrian Hayes was not an All Star third baseman. 
Uh, he was hurt. Move along. My next one, I, I also got half right. Uh, the important half is wrong, uh, so it doesn't count. Max Scherzer gets traded at the deadline to the Yankees. He got traded at the deadline to the Dodgers. West Coast Yankees. So, Very no. True. Very much the West Coast Yankees. Uh, my number six, Vlad Camaro Jr. <laughs> Say Vlad that again. Camaro? Vlad Camaro? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me today? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. finishes with more than 40 home runs. He led the league with 48. I got one right. Hey, there you go. Congrats to you, buddy. Proud Thanks. of you. Is it the first one either of us have gotten right? No, you got the you got your first so. one right. You got no, you got the Shohei Otani one right nope. for your first one. Nope, I did. He did not. He oh, that's right. Um, all right. For yeah, my next right. one, I had that the uh, Baltimore Orioles are buyers at the deadline. My rationale here was. Oh, oh my God, that's mind blowing. I'm sorry. I'll share that in a second. Uh, my rationale here was that the, the the Orioles can only be so bad. And at some point they're going to feel as though they have a young core that they can build around and try to acquire, not like marquee players at the deadline, but acquire, start acquiring some talent at the deadline to head into next season with a little bit more fierce of a team while they feel out um, what that full you know starting lineup and starting rotation looks like. And they did not. Um, and while looking at their acquisitions, to see if I could try to rationalize a uh, buyer status. I don't know how far back I accidentally went, but did you know that Mike Yastrzemski got traded to the Giants by the Baltimore Orioles? I'll say it. Oh, I did not, but that's hilarious. Who did Mike they Yastrzemski get got traded by, from away from the Orioles in exchange for a pitcher by the name of Tyler Herb. Do you know who the fuck Tyler Herb is? No. I just had to type his entire name into baseball reference because it did not auto-populate. Oh, God. Tyler it's Herb last pitched. He's on, he's on Seattle now. Last pitched <laughs> in their AAA team. One game? And let up uh, six earned runs in five innings. I thought you were going to say he got traded from the Boston Red Sox, which would have been fucking hilarious. But no, Mike Yastrzemski got traded. That's a very Baltimore thing to do. No, a Baltimore thing. Yeah, right. Like, dude, Mike Yastrzemski, while he's not like an an earth-shatteringly great player, he's a really fucking solid player. I know that the Orioles Mm, defense is actually outfield as a strength of theirs, but still. He's an all-star and was the face of the Giants this year before they traded for Chris Bryant. So, yeah, they uh, they did. You don't just nothing. you don't just luck into being the face of a franchise somewhere, especially for a team like the Giants. Right, uh, but the the Orioles' major acquisitions this season they acquired uh, Jemai Jones from the A's and our Angels, Adam Plutko from Cleveland, Jose Barroa from Pittsburgh, Kelvin Gutierrez from Kansas City, and Tyler Birch from Philadelphia, and cash considerations from Tampa Bay. So, no, they are they oh, were I, far I, from buyers. I heard that last guy had a good season. Cash considerations rakes every mm-hmm. year. Undefeated. 
Uh, all right. What's your next one? Uh, Fernando Tatis and Ronald Acuna are the Who? fifth and sixth members of the 4040 club. How they do, Corwin? Um, well, Ronald Acuna uh, did not get anywhere close. Uh, Fernando Tatis hit 40 home runs, uh, but stopped stealing bases after he got hurt and finished with 25. So, not really uh, close. My next one is that Toronto bats as a team to a greater than 120 OPS plus, but pitches as a team to a worse than 85 ERA plus. Uh, the 120 OPS plus was pretty lofty of a goal, as was the 85 ERA plus. But Tampa, Toronto still almost got there, which is wild. They had a 115 team OPS plus, which was the highest in MLB. So I'm going to give myself some credit there. However, uh, their pitching was very good this season, and they had a 113 ERA plus as a team, which is, uh, you know, top 10 in baseball. So didn't happen. Whoops. Uh, my next one, each of the top five NL Cy Young vote getters are from the NL West. Uh, if you don't include Max Scherzer, who was traded to the Dodgers at the deadline, only Walker Bueller, who finished fourth, was in the NL West. Um, if you do include Max Scherzer, you have four in the top seven, um, but that is not five in the top five. My my next one is uh, Trevor. No, uh, no NL Central team gets to ninety wins. Yeah, two two of them did. Uh, the the Brewers got to ninety five, and the the Cardinals got to ninety. Barely, they had to go on a seventeen game win streak to do it, but they did do it. So this one's not right either. L to the yes. Uh, I don't know why I was so positive for you getting something wrong. Apologize profusely. My next one, Lance McCullers outperforms both Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke as the Astros top pitcher. Um, Definitely outperformed Justin Verlander for sure. Um, McCullers finished with a 3.16 ERA, 162 innings pitched with 185 strikeouts and a 1.2 whip. Zach Grinke finished with a 4.16 ERA, 171 innings pitched, but with 120 strikeouts and a 1.17 whip. I would feel very confident in saying uh, that Lance McCullers outperformed uh, Zach Grinke there. And really... I would argue that he was the top pitcher on the Astros altogether, you know, led ERA, led strikeouts, innings pitched. Uh, he was second behind only Grinky. Um, was one point. Actually, he finished second in ERA. Plus, that doesn't make sense, but whatever. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this one as a win even though Justin Verlander probably would have if he, uh, if he did not miss the entire season. And fuck you. Okay. Uh, my next one was that Trevor Bauer loses his rotation spot to Dustin May or Tony Gonsolin. Uh, this happened not for reasons I expected to, <laughs> uh, but this did happen. So I'm taking full credit on this one. 
Corwin is crying now. Oh my god, that's so fucking perfect. Oh fuck. Who was the other guy with Tony Gonsolin? Uh Dustin May, who ended up having a season ending injury. Yeah. But before he did, he did take over the rotation, the rotation spot from Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's the fucking best way to like essentially luck into getting one of those. It wasn't lucky that he was um, doing. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> We're good. Oh, that's really fucking good. I love that. Hmm. What's your next my, one? Uh, my last one is uh, all teams play a full 162 game schedule and there are no COVID outbreaks among teams. I know every team played 162. I don't remember if there was any COVID outbreaks. I think there was early in the year. I think there was a... I don't remember what team. I think there was a small COVID outbreak a couple of times, but they were actually able to schedule around it. Um, at least I'm, I think that was this season. Uh, the Yankees, 4th, the Yankees had a COVID outbreak. Yeah, it says the Red Sox did. But they all... so. But they all played. They all played. That's a weird area, a gray area in this prediction that I wasn't nah, expecting. you don't get it right. Definitely Fuck you. Yeah, uh, I don't think I deserve it either. Uh, my my next one is, is a sad... Right, it's a sad, sadly true one, uh, which is Mike Trout does not finish top five in MVP voting. Yeah, he uh he only played in 36 games. So he didn't uh he didn't, he didn't finish. He got wait, he was an all-star this year. What I realized he made the all-star game with 30 games played. That's that's half that's half played. the first half of the season. Yeah, how on earth was he an all-star? Whatever. Whatever. He deserves uh, it. I mean, he he had a 1090 OPS. A nearly 200 OPS plus, like, God, like he hit eight home runs in 36 games, pretty good. Uh, yeah, know, his really batting average season, was, but still, 36 yeah, games, one out you of had three. 146 oh, plate appearances. That's not a lot. Uh, I I had a secret last but, one that you know also what? it makes up for, it makes up for the fact that he wasn't an All Star last year. No, what? Oh my God, he wasn't. Yeah. What? He finished fifth in MVP voting That's without dumb. being an all-star. That's fucking stupid. That's fucking dumb. Whatever. Uh, my I had an 11th one, which was that Tony LaRusso gets fired before the season ends, which did oh. not come true, but we can still hang on to hope that it happens. Yeah. Uh, Arguably should have. Oh, absolutely should have. And especially after that postseason, he should have gotten fired. He horribly mismanaged those games, but yeah. whatever. Whatever. Uh, that was uh, oh, that was me. all of them, right? Did you have any other ones? Yeah, no, that was all. I got two whole predictions right. Hey, me too. I, you, yours I were way more, more an, meritorious than mine, but still. <laughs> I still would not be an MLB player if I was batting two hundred. But hey, uh, I'll take it. Uh, no, you would be. You 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 would you would be. That, that's the Mendoza line. Two hundred. Oh, yeah. That that there you are. You made it. Uh, but yeah, we could probably do better. Um, whatever. It was always next year. Uh, all right. I got to go like eat dinner. So we're getting out of here. Um, yeah. 
If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you'd like to uh, hit up Corbin on Twitter, you can do so at Corbin Heller. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Oh, thank you.